What it do, baby? What it do? Welcome to the second season of Soccer Block. Yo, I'm yo, I'm excited about this. I'm excited about season two. This is gonna be lit. I'm lit. The people that we have on is gonna be lit. I'm just gonna tell you that Soccer Block season two is going to be fire. But let's stop talking about season two and let's talk about our first episode on here. And I have beautiful guests with me. Beautiful guests with me. And handsome, too. Uh, we got Kweku. We have Chelsea and Gwen. What it do, y'all? How's everybody feeling? What's what's up? Kweku, how you feeling, brother? Uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling alright. Uh, yeah, I, got, yeah, I had yeah. a headache. I had a headache when on Tuesday, mm-hmm. but now, but now I'm feeling a little bit better today on Friday. Um, yeah, just online classes and that's it. Yo, listen, I know online classes is a headache, so that's why you got the headache from the online classes. You see, you put two and two together, <laughs> it makes four sometimes. Um, <laughs> Chelsea, the headaches. The headaches go away because it's the weekend, so you don't have online classes. So exactly, they exactly. come back on Monday. <laughs> um, That's right. I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. I feel very productive. I dropped one of my online classes, so that's one less headache. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to start this new season. I think that it's a really important episode. So I think. It should go pretty well. I'm excited to see what this year has to bring. I'm excited and I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm excited, but I'm nervous. No, I feel that way. I feel that way too. Um, thanks, Chelsky. Uh, Gwen, Gwenny, Gwen, Gwen. What's up? Um, I'm feeling good. I'm over the week, so I'm excited to just relax. You know take some me time um i think after you guys saying like second season like the first episode just came flooding back to me where i'm like remember when we used to be surrounding an iphone and like that's how we should record <laughs> so you know a year later here we are and like chelsea said let's see what this year brings and listen across that we're better off <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's absolutely right that's absolutely right also Shout out to this, and I forgot to even put this in there, but happy Black History Month. Happy Black History Month, y'all. Um, anything new um, that you guys are doing this year um, that you want to take on on the reins and, and work on? Uh, Chelsea, I'll start with you first. I'm, like, addicted to the gym. I think there's some kind of good addiction because it really does have um a good effect on my mental health i think that definitely does uh, help me relieve my stress and just give me like an escape um but it's also not good because like i get really upset if i can't go to the gym one day like yesterday it snowed and like i could have gone to the gym but i went to get chipotle instead i know it doesn't make sense but yeah, this year I'm taking on the gym and I'm excited for the gym. And to be fair, I got protein, a lot of protein in the Chipotle bowl. So it, you know, it's a balance. It worked you get out. Protein, it worked you out. work out. Yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. it literally worked out. 
because he getting protein yeah. to work out. Yeah, no, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kweku, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> Kweku, are you doing anything new um, for this year? Taking it on, and, and what you doing? Um, this year, the only thing different. The thing I'm I'm doing is what is it being consistent in everything I do. Mm. That is it, and. Uh, from last year, I'm doing the same thing this year, but better and, you know, even going stronger than I was last year. I like that. I like the, 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 that. Yes, being consistent. That's right, my brother. Gwendolyn! Gwen! Yeah. What's, what's new? All what's right. new? Yeah, two things, right? Mm-hmm. One thing mm-hmm. is very similar to Chelsea. I'm not addicted to gym, but I am starting to work out. Uh, I walked it out a couple of times in the week, and anyone who's known me knows that I don't move my body. So the fact that I'm even working out once in a week is an accomplishment. Am I working out right? Maybe not because I injured my neck this week, but I am still working out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, wait. No, that is an accomplishment because Gwen doesn't even take stairs. Like, there has to be elevators. So well, when nice. voluntarily working out is a 2021 miracle. I am very proud of it. My second thing, anyone who mm. knows me and knows through COVID how seriously I take it. So I do not leave my house. But with that being said, I sometimes do, I haven't looked out the window in weeks. So I am starting to look out the window to make sure I just get some sunlight. <laughs> So sometimes I forget. So that's also a new thing I'm doing to make sure I look out the window. I have people to remind me to look out the window every day. Um, so, <laughs> so the props. I um, can't. I can't. I can't. So yeah, those are my new things for 2021. I think it's going great. <laughs> that's good. No, listen. Hey, you start something new. You start something fresh. And you'll work on it. I, I believe in that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, for me, y'all, I've been working out more. I feel like, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm getting a six-pack, y'all. Um, it's not there yet. It's not there yet. But No, I, no, no, no. It out. is there. It is there. Everyone has a six-pack. Right. Everyone has a six-pack. Mm-hmm. Two at the top, two in the middle, two in the bottom. It's just hiding. We just have to, like, That's you true. know, give it a little... We got to chisel Dig it. We got to chisel it down. And yeah, there. we just have to look very deeply. But don't worry, everyone. We all got six-pack. They just can't see it. Yeah, it's exactly. True. That's what it is. They can't see our six-pack. So I've been working out, also working on my photography, y'all. So working on that craft. But thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. And I hope everybody enjoyed that little get to know us a little bit more. Okay? Um, so. This episode is, of course, Black History Month. Let's talk about Black um, sports. Uh, let's let's talk. Let's let's just have a conversation about it, okay? This is our Black History Month episode. Pew 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 pew. <laughs> Whose man is that? We don't know. Um, <laughs> I want to share with you guys really quick. And you know, Super Bowl Sunday was what two weeks ago. Um, and I want to share with you, don't know who won or who lost, um, but of course we know who won, Tom Brady won. Um, but I want to share with you guys a video on what the NFL 
did talking about black players in the NFL and what happened. And it's a point in this um, video that is really, it got me upset. And I was like, y'all lucky, y'all lucky. But I was not born, so um, I couldn't say anything about that. Anyway, um, so I'm going to share with you this video. And I want y'all guys and everybody that's listening to, to, to take in what's happening and maybe have a dialogue when you guys um, finish this episode. But here it is, and I'm going to play it right now. In the midst of the Great Depression, league owners met secretly to discuss their growing league and the Negroes' place in it. They decided that these colored boys were bad for business. Call it what you want, but this gentleman's agreement made it clear as day. Blacks were not allowed to play in their league anymore, period. Just like that, one by one, those men were erased from the rosters, taking with them the brief history of the black athlete and the National Football League. How you guys felt about hearing that portion of that video and people secretly meeting to erase Black people in general? By the way, the NFL was already integrated before they uh, cut out any Black people in 1933. So what are your thoughts on how did that make you feel? And I'm going to start with Gwen. Um, and l- let me know, yeah, how did you feel about, about that situation? Um, I think there's no other feeling than to feel frustrated, upset. Um, I, I just, I think for me, the thing is that if it wasn't for this video, I would have not even known that, um, which makes me think, how many things have happened in history that we just don't know about, right? That we just don't know all the wrong that's been done um, to the Black community, whether it's through sports, um, through anything in general, through education, anything. And just seeing that video just made me kind of want to think of all the successes that were erased during that period of time that they didn't get the opportunity that could have set back Black athletes God knows how many years. Um, which I think is just such a failure and such um, a disadvantage. And also it's very upsetting. So I just, I mean, I was honestly shocked and I never knew that information before. So I think it also made me just want to dig a little deeper, um, find out more. It just proves you to do your own research because unless you don't do your own research, then you won't know a lot of information that has just been hiding and in plain sight, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. Because when I was watching this on Super Bowl Sunday, I was taken back like, what? Like, this actually happened? Um, And I was shocked. And I had to do research as well. Just to your point, Gwen, of like, you know, history is already in on paper and and things like that. It's just up to you to research that history. Um, Kwaku, how did that make you feel uh, about that whole situation? Probably you probably be upset like me and shocked but um what do you think about and and how did that make you feel uh i was i was upset like you said but shock uh, shocking is not the word seeing 
fast forwarding like years later and seeing what's going on or what's been happening in America for the past few years, especially with, with Kaepernick was going on. So I wasn't shocked, but I was upset, you know, like that this was, this has been happening before. I think it was just a sense of fear for them that, oh, like black people was going to like come take over the sport or something like that. I think that was where they was fearing. So they was doing their best to make sure to eliminate, you know, black people taking over NFL. Because even though it was inter integrated, there wasn't as many, you know, black NFL players back then. There was more white people. So I think that was what was fearing them. Oh, like, what oh, What if these people take over? And like, what are we going to do? Are they going to take our power? Are they going to come into, like, the executive positions and high roles like that? So I think that was what they was fearing. And we could foreshadow and see in 20, 2021 and 2020 what has been happening. So... Yeah, yeah, like, no. yeah I, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying, man. It's, it's crazy to think that those men were erased from history, man. Like, it's crazy. Like, we don't have no recollection of these men playing in this league. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and Chelsea, how did you feel about that video? And what did you, um, yeah, basically what you feel, felt? Um, personally, I think that it was a mix between frustration and just like a moment of realization as well, that it's unfortunate that people who do hold high power or a lot of power have a say over so much um, to the point where they feel the need or even have the capacity to erase people from history. Like that just sounds like mind blowing, like to erase people from history, um, I guess it can have like a large scale effect, but it's not just about the effect that it has in that moment, but the effect that it could bring even now, right? We're in 2021 and it still plays a big effect on our society and the way we treat one another because this is something that has been going on for, as we can see, like years since 1933. So it's mm -hmm. concerning, it's frustrating, but I think it's also, like I mentioned, you need to realize and you need to educate yourself. Like the best way to go about it is educating yourself. And if you don't do that, then like, I don't know if the right term is ignorance is bliss, but yeah, educating yourself is extremely important nowadays because if we allow ourselves to just give in to what people tell us and not take it upon ourselves to actually look into certain things then we won't really get any further we're just going to stay in the same cycle that we've been in um ignorantly i feel yeah so. no i yeah no i completely agree with what all three of y'all said I, it was just it's just something where you have to really take it back and not get upset but actually just realize what happened and how we can change it for the future. And it's like, you know, it was so important that what you said, Chelsea, of like high power, but like in a retrospect of like, now that the, pl what players are doing now to use their, not power, but public figure to really talk about certain issues that's happening. So question for everybody on here is what, what are some organizations or some athletes that you've seen 
um, that they use their platform to talk about certain issues that's happening. And I'll start with Chelsea. Personally, an organization that hits close to home is City in the Community. I think they've done a great job um, with Power the Vote to engage people in all boroughs to use their voice, right? I think that's an important tool within itself to use your voice um, and make a positive difference, make change that hasn't been made change because power has been in the hands of certain individuals, right? So now it's our opportunity to make a difference. Um, as well as we have a lot of different programming in black neighborhoods. And I think we're serving the community by having those programs there. And if we weren't there, then maybe they wouldn't have those resources or opportunities or might have to go elsewhere. And just bringing that to their home, I think, um, is super important and is a, a message within itself. Yeah, big, big facts. So shout out to sitting in the community for um, sitting in the community and New York City Football Club for, you know, pushing out um, just civic engagement in voting. So big shout out to them. Kwaku. Um, are there any athletes or organizations that you've seen that use their platform to talk about different issues? Uh, some athletes and organizations are the players and the NBA as a whole. Uh, mm. Going back to, uh, what is it, I think two years ago, I think 2016, when uh, Colin Kaepernick and I think his name was Eric Reed. Yeah, Eric Reed during the 2016 preseason of that NFL took a knee. And that caused a stir that nobody thought that it would, you know, it would be a big problem in that year or fast forward four years, five years later. And the NBA players like LeBron James also faced something similar as as a reporter telling him to, you know, just shut up and dribble, you know. Mm -hmm. And and that was a big thing that I feel he he is a respected man. He's not just an NBA, but just as a wild world person, he's a powerful man. He has that voice. And for him to come out and say, oh, I'm not going to shut up and dribble, you know, because, you know, he knows that there are people like me and like his kids and there are friends out there that really look up to him. So, and there are NBA players who respect him and coaches. So NBA players like him and football players like Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick using their platform to stand up for, for what they believe in, equality and freedom, and not just, you know, letting people box them in, box them in for just being a quote-unquote athlete and not just mm -hmm. shutting up and dribble or running to tackle or, you know, just throwing the ball. So just using that platform, you know, set the new boundary and new way for athletes and activism. Yeah, no, absolutely. Big shout-out to the NBA um, when, when they were in that bubble. <laughs> you know, and really, you know, making sure that their their voices are heard. Gwen, are there any organizations or athletes, um, you know, that that use their platform to talk about different issues that you've seen? Yeah, I think the biggest one that stands out for me, especially in 2020, was the WNBA. Um, they were, I want to say, like, right in from the very beginning, all about Black Lives Matter, right? And trying to bring attention to that. And especially when Breonna Taylor was um, murdered, it they wanted to make sure that that was um, in the spotlight as well. As we know, like George Floyd was also killed. And um, of course, 
that had the attention that it deserved, but Breonna Taylor also deserved attention as well. And just being a black woman, they don't, they just don't get the attention in the media as um, maybe a man would. And the WNBA wanted to make sure that they put that out in the spotlight. They were very, they had shirts, they were very um, vocal about it. Um, they were making sure they were using their platforms. And I genuinely believe a lot of the change that happened in the end of 2020 and a lot of the outcomes was because of them, um, because they spoke up and they started a chain reaction where other athletes spoke up and joined them and other leagues joined them. And I honestly think if it wasn't for them, just being as passionate as they were, a lot of outcomes would have not happened. Yeah, big facts. I think the WNBA in general is such a big I feel like it's such a progressive them WNBA, NBA are very progressive leagues where they can talk about a lot of things, a lot of issues that that happen. So I I enjoyed seeing the WNBA really use their platform and talk about issues at hand. So that was really big on them. I I want to commend uh, Naomi Osaka. She is a coming up to be one of the best tennis players um, in the world. And and when they were doing the U.S. Open, she would she actually like use her platform for talking about you know different things that happened throughout 2020. So like racial injustice, like she literally used her voice and like wore different shirts um, of different people that passed away or or um, names um, on her shirt when she was warming up. So it was really great to see, you know, especially tennis, like you really don't see that much, but it, it was really good to see her use her platform on that. But when we're... Because we want to make sure that we're not the experts in this space of activism, or you know, we're our ath- we are athletes, but not like well-known athletes, right? I mean, you know, Gwen might not be an athlete, but you know, Chelsea's a well-known yeah, athlete, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess um, I'm an athlete by know. association. Gwen exactly. is a, Gwen is an athlete because she walks from her couch to her no, her, no, no. Her house. Would sports be the same if there was no audience, if there was no fans? It's true. I what mean, it's true. It won't okay, be. Okay, so then Gwen plays a major, Gwen pa- major part. part. Yep. I That's see moving. She's an athlete. Yes. <laughs> She's an athletic fan. <laughs> no, that's true. That's I'm true. trying, y'all. I'm working out now. I'm almost there. <laughs> Once a week. Once a let's, week. Let's push her to make it too. Yeah, well. I'm, and not uh, injure Michael. Well, yeah. Because you hurt your neck the other day. Anyway, um, so wait. Before we move on from sports and activism, do you know any examples of when athletes use their platform? We we said some some other you know organizations and and sports figures, but do we know any in the past that really uh, did activism and got some you know some backlash on it? Yeah, so in 1950, obviously, they didn't have no Instagram. They didn't have no 
no Twitter. Twitter they have no Facebook. They didn't even have no. MySpace. So no. um, their form of advertising was heavily through newspapers and magazines. So what mm. they did at the time, because um, Kenny Washington joined the NFL, was the first black man to join the NFL in 1946. Mm. They used him on the magazines to promote and um, lead as an example of quote-unquote improved racial equality in the United States, which we know that not to be fully true because they had to pass the, the Civil Rights Act in 1964, and as well as Jackie Robinson, who is obviously iconically known as well, for joining the MLB, the Major League Baseball, in 1946. So they use uh, Kenny Washington and Jackie Robinson on magazines and newspapers along with white um, athletes and join them together to make them seem like, okay, yeah, like everyone's fine. Like the athletic world is joined together and we're promoting um, activism to improve racial equality. But this kind of all went against each other because in the early 1960s, there was heavily um, police brutality and institutionalized racism so like while the athletic world was trying to use their platforms the newspapers and magazines to promote this in real life on the streets they were doing the complete opposite um the people were doing the complete opposite so it's frustrating to look back at history but again it's important because look what's happening now right Mm -hmm. it's history repeats itself if nothing changes so these are important conversations to have from 1950 all the way to now. Seems like not much has changed, even though we are on a path to change. Um, seems like we take five steps forward and like 300 steps back. No, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And I think, you know, just knowing this type of information, it just brings another another light onto like what happened in the past and what you said is correct like history always repeats itself but what can we do as people to not let history repeat itself like this is an ongoing conversation that i think a lot of people are having like what can we do to not have history repeat itself you know um it's heartbreaking every time to hear another black woman or another black man another trans black trans um person has been killed it's it's um it's really heartbreaking um i think it's it's really hard to have conversations about it because it's like what the what are these conversations doing right it's just continuously saying oh you know come on like black people are being killed at a high rate let's just be real but it's also like What's the next steps after this? And I think continue to have, you know, players speak up, you know, continue to to really just fight for what's right and for equality in general. Quake, do you have anything too as well to share? The only thing that I have to share is about the diversity in the NFL. Actually pertaining to the game, the, the Super Bowl game, the Tampa Bay and the Chiefs, the NFL is mostly with black people, but there is, there's not a lot of executive black coaches or heads in the NFL. For the Tampa Bay, there was four black coordinators and there was two assistant head coaches. And that was like the most 
black people in any team in the NFL. And I think this is like a stepping stone to, to somewhere for the future for, for, for NFL. So I think that is that is a good sign and after them winning. So I think it's it's really good. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important to have representation. I think representation is very important with anything. Representation with Hispanics, representation of LGBTQ plus black. Like, you know, having representation is important. I think also to go off your fa- of your facts, um, Kwaku, that you uh, researched, uh, and this is from um, a FAIR report and TIDE's report, um, who really check in on how many players are in the ML- MLS or NBA or things like that. So there's only been six black coaches in the MLS history. And, and that's crazy. And only, and right now, two are active right now, black coaches. That's and actually also, insane. Sorry, I just right. had to like, we're in 2021. Like, what? Like six? That's a single digit number. Like, I just. Yeah. I can't. Six, and yeah. So, you know, six black coaches, two right now that are head coaches of the Colorado Rapids, which is Robin Fraser and um, the Mo- Montreal Impact, with the, they changed their name to Club de Foot. Montreal, um, which Derry Henry is their head coach, who is also black. And then also NYCFC, a part of that black coach is having Patrick Vieira to be their head coach. It's really interesting to, to know that. And, and also the league of itself only has 22.4% um, black players. And that actually went down from 23 uh, last year, 2020. But yeah, that that's the information that I got from Tide's report and Fair report. If anybody wants to look that up um, and and search for that, but we know that we're go- always going to have sports and and sports or organizations or players to have really active, like really be a part of activism now because you know twenty twenty really changed the dynamic. But we know that in in also in black communities in general and things that do happen in um, our communities that is unfortunate. And so, Gwen, tell us about some some things that you researched and found out in general that you would like to share with everybody. So I was watching a YouTube video and it was like a short documentary on just the mortality rate when it comes to women in Georgia when they're giving birth um, during pregnancy and after pregnancy. So after the crazy facts that I learned during that video, I decided to do more research on it and kind of wanted to dig a little deeper. Um, where I found ACLU Georgia did this whole article about the mortality rate when it comes to um, women when they're pregnant and postpartum. And they had some shocking facts that about um, women in Georgia in general and also just black women. Um, so white women in Georgia is more than twice at risk to die from pregnancy than white women nationally. And black women in Georgia is twice that of white women in Georgia, and then also six times more at risk to die than um, white women nationally. So that means if you're a black woman living in Georgia, you have 
six times more of a chance to die from either pregnancy, postpartum, during birth, just by living in Georgia than the rest of the country, which means that could be from very different factors of whether it's lack of resources, um, whether it's they can't afford the health care. Um, and I just think this is an important, important situation that we need to pay more attention to and put more of a serious um, discussion because family is everything. And if women can't even safely have families, then that the whole foundation um, of our families in the healthcare system is just broken. And I just hope that we can bring more attention to this and just help black women in general, whether it's in the country or in Georgia. Yeah, no, it's wild that just to hear these numbers is just, is mind blowing, right? How communities are being affected by something that we don't even know that's happening, which is which is mind-boggling to me, and it's it's kind of scary um, thinking about that. Chelsea, I think it's important to know also, like a person doesn't choose to be born black. A person doesn't choose to be born um, in general, right? But I think it breaks my heart that. Black people have to suffer so much because of their uniqueness, like they're different and they have to pay a price for that. So just doing all this research and hearing different stories, uh, whether it's in the athletic world or in different communities in the United States um, and around the world, honestly, too, as well. uh, It's unfortunate that we have to hear that Black people from all walks of life have to pay a price that they didn't choose to pay. Um, So I think that this conversation is super important as well because we learn on how we can make a positive difference. And I think that's what we need to focus on too, like helping those who need our help. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that's, that's the most important. It's not just going to a community and say, oh, I'm giving you this, take it. It's like, no, like, what do you need? What, how can I help you? What can we do together to bring a community better and, and help it, you know, be better than it was before? Yeah, I appreciate y'all speaking about this. Um, and also, like, shout out to you, Gwen and Chelsea, for really diving in deep and doing research on, you know, Black communities and, and Black people because, you know, again, let's be real. You guys are Hispanic women, but I don't think that I don't think that we need to fight this alone. I think we need to work together and have allies to um, make sure that everybody's equal um, and and talk about real conversations. So I appreciate that, Kweku. Of course, I appreciate you, my G, for doing research and and talking about how you felt um, about this. This is a touchy subject. This is a touchy topic. Um, which, you know, sometimes people make it political, but this is not what it is. Um, we just want to make sure that we have dialogue about certain things that happened before that is registered in history and talking about it to you guys. So um, with that being said, any last words, y'all? Any last words? Uh, and I'm, I'm going to start off with Kweku, um, my Kweku. My last words, uh, just to before before you, you give your thanks to us about listening to your community. I feel like 
that's what we have to do. We have to just listen to the people around us. That's how we can better ourselves and help and do better. Lovely. Appreciate you. Gwen. Gwendolyn. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to pick you off of what Kweku said. And um, I agree. I think we need to listen to each other. And just to touch base a little bit with Kwame said, I think we need to listen and reflect on ourselves and know what we can do to help, right? It's not a competition of, well, I struggle more than you or this is going on in my community. No, like, every, like you need to listen to the issues and know what you're what you're causing to those issues and how you can fix it. So I think we just need to be listening and educating ourselves more. Big facts. Thank you. Chelsea. Chelsea. I think that we live in a very selfish world. And I think right now what we have to do individually and as a community is if, even if we feel like it's not personally affecting us, I think we have to worry about the rest of, our community and those who are being affected. Um, so I think it should be a time of educating yourself, as you guys mentioned, but also being selfless, right? So not waiting for something to personally affect us to take action, but take action because you know that it's affecting others. And then lastly, for, for me, what I will say is conversations are great to have, but actions speak louder than words. And I think I feel like we need to work on the things that we could help and fix right now. We know that things are not going to automatically change and we're going to snap our fingers and things are going to go perfect. That is not right. And I don't want y'all to believe that. But we could only control what we can control. And my friend from Manny um, always says to me, that it's the small victories that count. And so make sure that when you are fighting for something or talking about something, that you know what you're, you want to fight for and what it means to you. So that's what I would say. But yes, season two is starting right now when you just finished listening to our episode. Um, but I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much, Chelsea, Gwen, Kwaku. Um, and, you know, it's your boy Kwame um, bringing it back live. And I can't wait for season two to see what will happen. Until next time, peace, y'all.